go talk. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. That's right. It's me and Xander again. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know that um, we haven't gone anywhere. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we released an episode. There's been some uh, extenuating circumstances, you know, with the holidays, and uh, we also had a death in the family. And uh, so Dave and I have a couple of episodes that are set to come out here in just a little bit. But we're going to release this one right now that we've been sitting on for a couple of months and just trying to figure out where to drop it. And this kind of seemed like it was a good place. So we will be back shortly in 2020 with some brand new stuff and back on a regular schedule. So thanks for hanging in there. And we are live. You know, it always helps to hit record instead of play before we... (laughs) So yeah, well, here we are, the, 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 this episode of the Project X podcast. I am Alan. I, I, I guess we're live. <laughs> we are live okay, now. Yeah. I said we're live up front, so. <laughs> I'm Big Dave. <laughs> you get all the uh, warts and all on this one, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, we're still kind of new at it. So. Uh, it's been, it's since, been the last time, since the last time we recorded it, it, some stuff's happened, and it's just kind of been a, uh, I really need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I need this beyond everything else that's going on in my life. Anyway, uh, as I said, uh-huh. I am Alan Smith. I'm uh, Big Dave. And that's Big Dave. And uh, this episode, uh, we, we and, and before you, you start wondering why haven't they said what number episode this is, it's because we learned uh, a folly of... <laughs> we're learning from our our own uh, mistakes about putting that stuff in there and then forgetting to take it out whenever we put the episodes out of order. So, <laughs> um, well, what can you say? Yeah, we're you know, not all perfect. No, we're not. So anyway, this episode, we are going to be talking about the 2007 documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Okay. Yes. Before we get into anything else. I feel like we should have like the does he dirty. uh, I'll put it in there. Don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) The the Western music. Yeah. It's the, it's the, um, oh, what's it called? It's from uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm That that whole that whole a fistful of quarters came later. Okay? Yeah, they were they when the first trailer for this dropped was when when they went to Sundance and you know a couple places like that. It did not have that fistful of quarters, um, that little tagline on okay. there. It was just called the King of Kong, and I guess whoever I don't even remember who it was that distributed this, but. Um, because I don't have the page up, but, <laughs> so, but much, yeah. so much for the research, eh, folks. Well, research. You've listened to this episode, these episodes <laughs> enough to know that we don't do any research. Anyway, it uh, two things. Did you? Okay, Dave. You said you watched all the bonus stuff. On I this. did. Okay. Did you watch the uh, trailer? Yes. Okay. You know that that version, right? They're playing Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. On it. Okay. You notice it's not the Who's version. No. It's like some kind of okay. The original trailer when it first hit had the Who's version on there. Oh, obviously, didn't get the rights. obviously they did not gotten the rights on it, and 
so when it was coming up to the run of actual of actual theatrical run, they had gone in and re-edited that trailer. Oh, yeah. and and taken that out and put that sound alike whatever crap it is that's in there, and added a fistful of quarters on the yeah. end of it. So anyway. For those of you who have not seen, this is a documentary. It is about the the classic video game Donkey Kong and these two guys, Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe, who Billy Mitchell in 1982 set the world record for Donkey Kong, high score on Donkey Kong. Well, not just Donkey oh, Kong. Well, he's a whole bunch of but this yeah. focuses on this one particular game. He set yeah. a bunch of records, actually. But this one, he, he had held that, let's see, he set that record in 1982. And we'll come back for some inaccuracies and stuff on this, but according to the film, it was it had stood until 2006. Yeah, or five or six, whenever they they filmed this, I don't remember exactly when it was. Anyway, Steve Wiebe, oh man, there's so much to get into here. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what this comes down to is it is a, it is an underdog story. Yes, it is of someone who is. Down on down on their luck. Who is finding solace? Sorry, I'm distracting. Yeah, yeah. Who is finding solace in trying to be trying to break this world record? Everything else in his life is has not gone according to plan. No, and so he's like, "Hey, this is something I think I can do." Yep. And so he's he's chasing this record, and. Along the way, we meet a number of very unusual characters. <laughs> oh, no. Let, let's call it what it is. Uh, well, well, but, but let's be fair, okay? Because the, the, the thing is, is that I love this movie. I mean, I, lo- I, I saw this in the theater. Oh, I it's actually, a good movie. It is great. I actually went to the theater. I was The, the year that this came out, in 2007, yeah. when I saw that trailer like in February or March or something like that, I was like, I have to see this movie. Okay. And it... It actually ran at the Belcourt here in Nashville, oh, and I, I went with Stephen and Mike and you know all those guys, and we went and actually watched it. I had no idea it was actually oh, a theater dude. release. Yeah it, yeah, it was a theater release. It it was it ran here for like a week, and I happened to go see this. Nice and and so <laughs> seeing it in the theater was a lot of fun. Uh, it's not something you have to see in the theater, but it was still a lot of fun because oh, yeah. there was a lot of people there. The people who were there knew about it and knew what it was about. And so it was a good crowd. Yeah. Where do we even begin? Okay, so we learned in the meantime, and we'll get into all of it a little later, that not everything was 100% accurate around this movie. And there's a lot of ancillary stuff that, that happened shortly before this was filmed like you, shortly after. Well, we'll get to that. You took okay. a dark corner of nerdum. Yes. And you actually, shined a big bright light on it. Absolutely. And and the things that went scurrying were rather disturbing, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Clive Barker couldn't have come up with something this, that dastardly. You know, it's... <laughs> and, and it really was one of those things that you were saying before. It's like, you find out that Jocks aren't the only bullies on the playground. <laughs> okay. Oh no, bullies come in all shapes and sizes. It just it depends yes, on what the subject yes, it matter is. It is this this movie is very much about gatekeeping. Yeah, I mean, very much about gatekeeping. So, anyways, let's start. The, okay, let's do a little bit of background. Okay, go right ahead. Walter Day is the founder of Twin Galaxies Arcade. Yep, which 
doesn't physically exist any longer, but back in the 80s, Walter is a very, um, he's an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. Yes, you know? he and, is. And so he was like, hey, no one's keeping up with the scores for video games because video games were huge. You understand, if you weren't around back then, like I, Dave and I were both kids when oh, the whole went on, you know, like yeah. in, in the early, in the late 70s, I've early, spent, especially the very early 80s. I've spent thousands yeah, in I quarters mean, in arcades. And it really was arcades. If you've ever seen the movie Tron, like Flynn's Arcade, yeah. there's a lot of truth in the way that that, you would go into an arcade and there would be people of all socioeconomic all races, yep. all religions. That uh, that arcade I mean, ages is, is so much of my life. Flynn's mm-hmm. arcade is every arcade I've ever been know, in in I my know. life. And I mean, there and most to, of them have Journey playing in the background. Well, yeah, and there's that. There is that yeah. also. But it is one of those things where it was it was a moment in time. Yes. Okay. So Walter Day formed Twin Galaxies, or he, he opened this Twin Galaxies in in Iowa in, um, oh, what's this, the town? Um, anyway, uh, it's this little bitty town. Little, I mean, little bitty town in Iowa. But he started, he kept, he was keeping up with all the scores. People would call him and say, hey, you know, this is, I, I scored this in, in whatever game, and he yep. would write it down. And then somebody called and said, hey, I scored, you know, two million in Mappy. And he was like, well, I'm sorry, someone scored four million call me back whenever you've done yeah. better. Of course, a lot of it was taken word of, of mouth, you know, that kind of stuff, which we find out a little bit later. Anyway, so Life Magazine in 1982. Well, even before we get to that, he has started a, um, basically, a electronic billboard. Yes. Yeah, where, he had he's, that, yeah. where he's keeping up with the scores and posting right, them right. online and, and, in ni- early 1980s. Right, it was a bull- this bulletin board yeah. system where you dial in and, you know, the type stuff. You know, it literally was a... You would dial in, and, and it would come yep. up, and you would look at it, and then you would leave. And that where it was downloaded. Or so. I, I, I'll be honest, I was not into that stuff back then. I was too young for it, to yeah, be honest. I, no, I was too. And, you know, it's more of, for me, talking to people who were really into that stuff. Learning about it. I, that's how I learned about it later. Anyway, so... In nineteen, in I think it was in in November, December, somewhere uh, of eighty two, at the end of like towards the end of the year, Life Magazine, which is a magazine that's no longer around, but it was a big thing for a long time. Oh yeah, uh, they went to this small town in Iowa and assembled, and they asked Walter Day to bring to get in contact with the top. Top players. The top players from all these different games. And they had this big photo shoot in the middle of town. You know, Drug the console yeah, video the games out in the middle yeah, of the they street. they were all sitting out in the street, you know, all the, arc, the, the the cabinets and everything. And it's a pretty famous photo. I actually have a copy of that. Really? Of that magazine. I'll have to show it to you. Because I got Walter Day and Billy Mitchell and Joel uh, West to sign oh, really? all of them. And it was funny because the day that I, I asked, because I was talking to Walter Day, and he was like, yeah. And he, he said, he was like, all right, here, here's your hero's journey. It's your goal to go and find all these people <laughs> and, and get them to sign. And he started telling me, like, like, one of them's dead. Like, he died several years ago. One of them, they never saw again after that photo shoot. Wow. Disappeared into the ether and was gone. Another one was, I, I can't give you all the names. I'll tell you, there was another one that spent, like, 20 years in jail, in prison. That yeah. does not surprise me. <laughs> you know, and that kind of stuff. We found out. That one of the guys, he's named um, Steve Sanders. Yeah. Lied about his score. About his score, said he scored like four million on it or something like yeah. that, or two million. It was two million, is what it was. Which 
if you've ever played Donkey Kong, you know how hard it is to score like 10,000 on that. I, yeah, uh, yeah, 5,000. I, I mean, quit playing the game because is, I was just dumping. I might is. as well just put in pouring quarters over those, into a lake. That's what those classic arcade games were made for, were for you to like lose very quickly so you had to put another quarter in. Yeah. And so anyway, while they're there, Billy Mitchell challenged um, Steve Weeby or Steve, because um, we had a different Steve Sanders. coming up. Steve Sanders. Um, and he shellacked him. Oh, he, he scored yeah. nine hundred and some odd thousand, you know, whatever it was. And Steve Sanders had to admit that he lied. Yeah. Now he was good. He but just wasn't. He wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was kind of one of those things. And at that point, those two became friends. They became friends and partnered up, and were they were working to help each other become better. Become, exactly. On the and, game. and not just that game, but a whole bunch of different yeah. games. You know, and eventually. There's a companion piece to this doc. It's called oh. Yes, and I can I can give it to you. I have a copy of it. It See, used to be on Netflix. It's not any longer. You're, you are now my official lending <laughs> library. You realize this, right? I do. There is a movie called um, Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Okay. That basically, it was filming at the same time that this was being filmed. As a matter of fact, there is a... There is a shot where they're at Fun Spot in Connecticut where you see another camera crew. Oh, yeah, I remember that scene. That's the other document, uh, the other documentarians that are filming the other. And basically, what it was is they were just tracking down the people in that picture to talk to them. So you get interviews with Billy Mitchell and you get interviews with, uh, with, um, um, oh man, I. All the people that are in that. A lot of the same people you see in this one, you see in that Yeah. Okay. And then some. Okay. And you find out there that, you know, that, you know, they were on um, That's Incredible and a few things like that. And they there actually was a, they actually organized um, these guys to go around and compete. Oh, like a tour or something. Yeah, it was yeah, a tour. Okay. And they went around like I said, and... Steve Sanders, um, while he was in the middle of the tour, said that um, he uh, that he was that he woke up one morning and God spoke to him and told him, "You need to go home and finish your law degree and marry your girlfriend and start a family and you know, all that kind of stuff." And so he did, and he <laughs> just left it all behind. Okay, and, and he's got a and you see a little bit of it in this where he 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 talks several times in here about you know. The, the Bible and different stuff. He's, okay. a, he's a pretty, you know, he's a he's a pretty hardcore, not hardcore, but he's a pretty devout Christian. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, all, any, all that said, so that all kind of went belly up after oh, a yeah. year or something because the funds ran out and different things, this and that. And, and people everything. lose interest. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. you, you know, most of these guys were teenagers or in their early 20s. I'd say the girls know, interrupted, but we can all see that that well, wasn't really a factor. Well, well, a lot of the guys that they run into were married or, you know, that type of stuff. So, I mean, it is it is what it is, yes, you know. I'm, it's a, I'm judging that. I know. Hey, look, hey, we're all geeks, so, you know. It's a, <laughs> no, no, no. We're geeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. These guys are nerds. There's a little bit of truth to that. Anyway, yeah. so we're, we're getting a little off topic. So, fast forward a lot of years. So, that... The score that Billy Mitchell put up in 1982 had had not been... Well, no, that's not true. Come to find out, there was someone who broke that score in 
the early 2000s. Really? Before Steve Weeby. Okay. Uh, they didn't talk about it, though, in this doc because... It would have ruined the story. Right. They, they, because it, well, you know, most documentaries are not just, we'll turn the camera on and we'll go. There are, there are <laughs> There's editing and there is an actual story. There's actual storyboarding and all this kind of stuff to lay out. So they left that out. Gotcha. So it was broken, but it was still one of those things that no one had ever scored a million points that they thought. Sure. Okay. So all these years later, we we learn about and it's funny because the, the the movie opens with this with Billy Mitchell talking to the camera, being very Billy Mitchell. This guy. Billy Mitchell is a first class douchebag. Okay, I've met Billy Mitchell, and you know what? He is a really nice guy. Like I, st- I I've got a, a, an in our supplemental stuff. I'll put up. I have a picture of myself with Billy Mitchell and Walter Day. Okay. Okay. And it was like one of the, like. I, I I was standing. There's this. You there's, geeked, dude, I yeah. did, dude. Yeah. I, well, and it was like I saw Billy Mitchell <clears throat> first. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Me and my friend um, Dwayne, we were in Atlanta for this arcade expo. Yeah. And I so I knew Billy Mitchell was there. I was like, okay, that's cool and everything. And so we'd gone to lunch, and came back and we're sitting there talking. And I turned and looked to the left, and Walter Day standing there, like from here to be just not yeah. far from where we're sitting. Like there was that little and three, like, four foot seriously. And it was like literally my jaw. Like I didn't realize Walter day was there, you know? And it was like, I want to meet this guy. And so I went walking over to him. He is one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. Well, he seemed like it. In the yeah, documentary. I, I mean, it's like, he is, I mean, stood there and, and was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, thanks for coming out. I was like, no, really Walter, this is, this is an honor for me to meet you. He's like, no, no, I haven't, you know, no, seriously, you know, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. And so, and he starts kind of like, you know, he, he started like joking around or whatever. And Billy Mitchell was standing there and he was like, Hey, uh, you got, uh, he's like, you got a camera on that phone. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, give it to your friend and let's, uh, I thought you put that in airplane mode. No, I didn't. Um, actually that was my, uh, my ex-wife, probably my son wants to talk to me on FaceTime. Um, I'll, I'll call him back here in a little bit. Um, real life, folks. Yeah, real life coming into this. Anyway, so but he was like, "Yeah, you got a you got a camera on that phone." I'm like, yeah. He's like, "Well, here, why don't you get your friend to take a picture with with us?" I'm like, "Sure, yeah, it'll be great." And he goes, "Hey, Billy, why don't you come over here too?" And like all of a sudden, I'm standing between Billy Mitchell and, <laughs> and Walter Day, and I'm just like, uh, "Is this really happening?" <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> okay. That's that's kind of cool. I'll admit but, that's yeah, kind of cool. But it was just kind of you know. Of course, they did panels and different stuff like oh, that. Sure. And it was great. This and they've so did and even the, you said the, Walter Day was really right, cool and right. nice and all that and Billy Mitchell was actually pretty cool too okay to be honest uh, and they talked a little bit about this and they were like yeah you know and they were both kind of like you know that documentary is cool and all but they kind of did blow some stuff out you know they they were kind of doing some. Billy's not that bad and you know all that yeah. kind of stuff and like well, okay, I mean in I the get extras um, right. Steve Sanders talks about all the stuff he does with make, make a, wish a wish and, and everything else yeah, yeah. And, and apparently and that was one thing you know, yeah, and that and that's a and we'll get into Steve here because I have something from watching this multiple times even from, the, from one of the first times I saw it about Steve okay. Sanders okay um, the so anyway all these years later 
we were sorry we were at the first of it yeah billy mitchell was talking to the camera and he's talking about like all this stuff that he did you know he was he was named you know the gamer of the century and you know in, in uh, namco i think i think it was namco yeah they it was named namco him, uh, game Pac-Man. of the century he has he has he was the first person to get a perfect pac-man score yeah you know and like just a whole bunch of all these accolades and all this stuff that he did and you know and he's like he's got a a hot sauce that he you know his family own you know has a the hot restaurant sauce chain and there's a restaurant and all this stuff and talking about and he says something he's like you know if all this stuff is going great for me then there's some guy out there who's really getting the screws put to them yeah and then we meet steve weeby and you find out that this guy was a, an all-star pitcher who blew out his arm yeah like he legit had a shot to go pro, but he couldn't because he hurt his arm. He he's almost savant level drummer. He is, and the thing is, is that was one of the things that if you watch the the special features they talked about, they're like we didn't really get into his music career and stuff. They said, but he was legit because he's from Seattle area. Yeah, he was one of those bands on the front on the front end of what Seattle became. He was in he was in one of those bands. Yeah, and just never. They never got to where they needed yeah. to go, that kind of stuff, you know. So he, he, you know, he he got through college, met his wife. Uh, he joined. He masters in no before that, but he he went to school and he came out. His dad worked for Boeing forever. I think he's got a master's in mechanical engineering. Maybe I know I know he went back for his master's again because he became a science teacher. Yeah, uh, but he he went to work for Boeing, and. That was okay. This is what we're going to do from here on. I'm going to, I'm just going to work for Boeing for the, you know, this is going to be my career and take care of my two kids and my yeah. wife, that kind of stuff. And the day they bought their house, he was laid off. Yep. And I mean, it's just one of those things where you hit one thing after another, after another, a after another. Kid. Yeah, of just like, what more can go wrong, you know? So he decides, hey, you know, so he was going to school. He became a, a high school or a middle school science teacher. Yep. And so he, well, while he was laid off, he was looking for something to, to keep his mind, to yeah. keep his mind and busy. So he got a uh, a, a um, Donkey Kong Donkey Kong machine, which we find out in the extras that he actually had one when he was in college. Really? And the and that there there is a panel where they talk about that. that <clears throat> he actually had a had one in his dorm when he was in college. Nice. And he actually did hit a kill screen on it but didn't know what it was and thought that the machine was messed up so he actually hit a kill screen long before nice. anybody else did you know type thing yeah um or i guess he was probably the second person to ever hit a kill, a yeah. kill screen or something like that you know so it's one of those things you, you in all the supplemental stuff you start finding out all these other little details of the yeah. here and there so anyway so he goes after this record and he breaks he breaks a million on top of it all, which it's not just beating the record. He broke a million, which no one had ever done before that we knew of, you know. And he sends it in, sends a tape in, sends a tape in to uh, Twin Galaxies, and then that's when the fire starts the fan because all of a sudden all these people who work for Twin Galaxies, you know, are all these like these uber nerds that you know really like, you know that that just are, are are the gatekeepers of all of this stuff yeah. descend on this tape and on his house when he's not oh, home. It was, yeah, and, they, they I mean, show up. His wife tells them to, you know, he'll be home in a little while. Wait, right. wait for him to get and home. she went to work. And they go in and basically his, talk. Because his mother, he talked to his mom. Mother-in-law, I thought it was. 
They, it was no, it was yeah, it was her mom. That's right, it was her mom. Yeah, it's mother in law. I talked her way into the garage, and they got his machine half disassembled when he comes home. When he comes I home, I know. And so, which you know, would have at, in in my neck of the woods, that gets you shot. Yeah, exactly. Well, a little different in the Pacific Northwest, apparently. So, anyways, <sighs> I know, but it was one of those things where all this stuff happens, and then they they find out that this other guy, uh, Mister Awesome. Uh, his name no, is <laughs> no I'm sorry this guy <laughs> I love this guy I love this I'm, guy <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I'm going strictly off of the documentary I know but if there's anybody Roy Schilt is his name if anybody deserves to do to just be punched in the face over and over and over again I love it's this guy I love this guy because he is such an idiot <laughs> oh the, the. talk about taking things way too seriously <laughs> somebody who tries way right too hard. right so anyway he had met billy mitchell at california extreme and saw that how good he was and offered and the, the board that that, that no, not no, billy no. mitchell i'm sorry steve steve weeby steve weeby yeah him and billy mitchell hate each other Yes. Roy Schilt and Billy Mitchell well, he, hate Roy, each other. Roy Schilt had been banned from Twin Galaxies yeah, yeah. because and of a, was it a physical altercation he apparently or a verbal? threatened to kill Billy Mitchell, um, but all because of this whole thing that like he claims to be the world record holder in Missile Command. Was it Missile Command it was or missile, No, it was Missile Command. Okay. And um, Twin Galaxies wouldn't recognize it, and so right. he has a vendetta against them. Yeah. Again, we're going by what we've been told. I don't know everything. We don't know the real story. We're going strictly by the documentary. Right, right. And I have not met Roy Shield, so I can't tell you. Now, I've watched some other stuff of his, like some YouTube videos and stuff that he's put up. The guy's off his rocker. I love him to death, but he's off his rocker, man. He's entertaining as everything. Probably should have been a pro wrestler. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Except he'd probably break a fingernail or something cry. Anyway, so since Roy Shield name was on the box of the, the he, he bought Steve Weeby this uh, board because this board for Donkey Kong because his is broken yeah and he didn't have the money to replace it so he's like hey I'm going to help you because you're going to take down Billy Mitchell and so they find this box with Roy's name on it and immediately they're like oh there's got to be something wrong with this oh, and they find cheating. this they find this gummy substance that's on one of the circuits on the board yeah and they disqualify it that's it no ifs ands buts about it. this is the first time that Steve Weeby, <coughs> that Steve Weeby has had any contact with them outside of sending in this videotape. Yeah. Okay. And they break into his house. Yeah. So, fast forward. And there's this uh, fun spot in Connecticut. I forget which town it's in. Why it's some little town again? It's this one of the, it's one it's, it's one of the one of the classic big arcades. Yes, and it's, it, one it's a of, gathering it's place one for of nerds. The Twin Galaxy. Official official places, and they have these this tournament every year, you know, for stuff. So, Weeby treks all the way across the country, yep, to go and try to beat this, you know, to, in to live show, play. yeah, to show that I can do this in okay. live play, not yeah. by videotape, yeah. in no, live no, no. play. So he goes because Billy, he's been trying to get a hold of Billy Mitchell at this right. point. Well, there's something else about that too. That whole like. Mm him calling Billy apparently they had talked they had met prior to this and everything it wasn't just a oh Billy's you know ducking all of his calls he did eventually do that but they had actually met and and had exchanged phone numbers yeah and that kind of stuff at a previous again this goes back in that creative editing that 
that happens in, in documentaries sometimes. Oh, no, I get it because yeah. I, I, it makes for a better story is what it is. It's, I, yeah, that's what I went to school for yeah, was so. video editing, uh, video production. It, it so. all goes back to if you watch the first, let's say, four seasons of The Real World, there was a lot of, we're just going to turn the cameras on and let it go. Yeah. And then after a while, they're like, this is really boring. You know, they, they could find stories inside of it. And then they're like, no, we're going to give them jobs. No, we're going to have them work at a youth center. No, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they started manufacturing all of this stuff to try to really, get... Really, it was know. after the first season. The, well, the second, no, if you watch the fourth episode where they were in London, that was the most boring season of anything. Because oh, all they okay. did was just hang around the hang around the loft the entire time. Anyway, that's off. We're, that's but that's how documentaries work a lot of times. Yeah. Here we go. So... <laughs> This, we're, we're almost half an hour into this, and we haven't even really gotten into the meat of this thing yet. So he goes all the way to Connecticut. He doesn't break a million, but he beats Billy Mitchell's score. He does a kill screen. He gets a kill screen. He, he doesn't break screen. a million, but like he did in the videotape. Well, because you can't do it. Well, they, they even say that that, 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 that particular uh, board is really like... One of the guys, uh, Brian Coon, which is one of the guys that like we meet in this, who is just okay. Yeah. Um, Cuckoo. Yeah, says that you know that that people think that that one's that board's possessed by the way these random you know like barrels will show up and everything. You know? Yeah. So anyway, but anyways, he beats he breaks the score. You know, he doesn't break a million, but he beats the score live in yeah. front of everybody, and everybody's like, oh, you know, this is great and everything. Only problem is that Billy Mitchell has sent one of his students. Up minions, yeah. To he doesn't have students; he has minions. Yeah, there's a funny story about this one though. Uh, he sends him up there with this videotape of him, quote unquote, breaking a million on Donkey Kong. Yeah. Okay. So they play the video while Steve, Steve Weeby. Weeby is trying to break a million live, and yeah. every and so they they have this thing set up, and they only play it one time. Steve can't watch it because he's busy because getting he's busy his playing. Okay. I know this sounds. In- this is like the nerdiest stuff ever. Okay, this is like spy versus spy of the nerd I world. I know it is, but it, it is such. I cannot. And, and this, this is such a fascinating documentary. And, <laughs> and in the documentary, you know, um, Billy Mitchell's all about. Oh, it's all about the live play. It's all it's about, all about blah, the blah, live blah, 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 play. Blah, blah. And he then he sends out, a videotape. He sends a videotape. Well, here's the funny thing: the story behind that tape. Did you watch it with the the? The director's commentary. No, I okay. did not. No, they said that the video that he actually sent with that lady, yeah, was actually where he had recorded Monday Night Raw. <laughs> he sent the wrong tape, <laughs> and so it was wrestling that he had recorded, and so he had to like FedEx them the actual tape to get there to get to Connecticut. So. <laughs> anyway, so but there's some problems with the tape, even because the tape, like the the. The you tape me- jumps. If you remember, it, it's if you're our age and you were watching a videotape, if the head was out of sync or right. the head was dirty a little bit, you would suddenly get that band of static right. and it that would warp right the picture. Across, right across where the score where was. Where the score would be, and then when it cleans up, all of a sudden it's over a million. Yep. And it's one of those things where like they even ask about that, but they go ahead and, and say, hey, Billy Mitchell, he's our new guy. They went, Steve Weeby's a new guy. Oh, here's a videotape. Billy Mitchell's a new guy. Exactly. It, you know, was, it was. I mean, it was clearly just, robbery. Absolutely. So, favoritism. Yeah. Anyway, so we get to Steve. You know, Steve doesn't break a million live. He goes back home dejected. So several months go by, 
And Guinness Book of World Record contacts uh, Walter Day and says, hey, yep. in the 2008 version of Guinness, we want uh, official scores for all these games. Yep. So they hold another tournament tournament in Hollywood, Florida. Ho- Hollywood, Florida, which is, which is Billy Mitchell's right hometown. Down the st- yeah, Billy Mitchell literally lives 10 minutes from this place. He never shows up to play. Steve is like Steve Weeby's like, hey man, seriously, come out. Let's just do this live. You know, let, let's we'll go head to head. If you beat me, that's cool. If I beat you, I hope that's okay. You know, really being okay. You know, and by this point, he's you can tell he's really weary about this because he's been jerked around so much that he's just kind of like, I don't. know. He's been jerked around by Twin Galaxies. Yeah. He's been jerked around okay. by their gatekeepers. Right. So, but this is where he meets Steve Sanders for yeah. the first time, and over the course of like the last what half hour of this documentary that, that deals with all of that yeah you find out that steve sanders is a really good guy i mean a really good guy yeah because he sits there and he talks to you know he, he when they meet he's sitting there and he's talking to the camera while steve's playing he's like look steve weeby is the, the the type of player i wanted to be like this is this is he is top notch, you know that kind of yeah. stuff. And he he meets his his wife and kids, and he's really nice to them. And he, that kind of stuff. He actually and, asked him at one point while he's playing. He's like, "Did you teach yourself? Yeah. Did you do all this by yourself?" And Weeby's like, "Yeah." yeah. He goes, I, "I'm I'm really impressed because me and Billy worked together to get to get to where exactly, yeah. you know." And so it's one of those things that you see. You even see like you know as it goes on, and there's this whole thing where like they go to a restaurant. Well, no, it's not just it, well, any restaurant. Billy Mitchell's it was restaurant. Billy Mitchell's restaurant. They go, a bunch of them go there, and then Steve Weeby and I can't remember the other guy's name show up, and so Billy Mitchell, who is coming by, decides, no, I'm just gonna. So he basically has Steve Sanders come outside, meet him around back, and then he gets in the car and they drive off. Yeah. And it's like, what in the world, you know? And because he doesn't want to be in the same room with Steve Weeby, and he finally does. While Weeby's playing the game, he finally shows up late on like the the last, the last night. night, and he comes walking by, and and Steve Weeby says, "Hey, you know, this hey, is hey Billy, hey Billy," and Billy won't talk to him. Just doesn't walks on by. Him. He's there with his wife, and he says to his wife, "There's some people I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with." Yeah, and I mean, just walks by and just now I don't know what happened in that you know whether they actually did talk to each other whether somebody they, they grabbed a sound bite from something else and put it in here or whatever yeah all kinds of stuff could happen but the way that it's presented in this documentary Billy he is Mitchell just a is first class d-bag okay? the biggest jerk on the face of the planet right according to what the documentary right. showed so we see the next day that and I know we're giving you pretty much the entire, but I'm telling you, it is well worth I, we're leaving out a bunch of stuff Watch we are this leaving movie. out so many so many good characters of people we haven't even talked about on here. You, you've got to watch it. But movie. here's the thing, what I talked about with Steve Sanders. I, I think that the last half hour of this movie is kind of a, <clears throat> a, it's kind of a redemption story for Steve Sanders because he's been this Billy Mitchell acolyte for so many yeah. years. And you see him pulling for Steve Weeby. Yeah, he like, kind of pulls away from Billy. Yeah, he really down, like down the stretch, you see him like getting upset that Weeby you know, loses a life or, you know, and this type of stuff and really is just like, you know, and, and it's one of those things even at the end of it because they're still trying to figure out how to say his last name, which Steve Sanders flat asked him, is, is it is it Weeby? Is it Weeb? Is it what? And he's like, it's Weeby. He's like, okay, fine. And then when at the end of it, 
when at the, when all this when this competition's over and Steve Weeby fails, he doesn't he yeah. doesn't break, you know. But it's one of those things where Walter Day gets up and says some really nice things about like, hey, we've learned that Steve Weeby is, and he says Steve Weeb, and then Steve Sanders stops him and says, hey, can you say that again and pronounce his last name correctly? Yeah, which is Weeby, which is a really nice thing to do. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, and. You know, so he does, and he basically says, "Welcome to the family." I mean, you're good. We we you know you're he, you he are finally, solid. He finally gets the right. He gets the validation. He gets the validation of, "Hey, this guy's legit. He's yeah. not trying to work game the system. He's not trying to do that kind of stuff." Awesome. Then you get this one more little thing before the end of the movie, where it shows Steve Sanders. Yep. And Billy Mitchell sitting at Billy's thing, and he and Steve Sanders is talking to the camera, and he says. I can only speak for myself, but I've met Steve Weeby. I've met his family, and Steve Weeby is a great guy. And then there's it's this kind of silence, and Billy Mitchell just has this look of, I so want to punch you in the face right now. Of, and, I mean, and just, Billy Mitchell and goes, goes, I don't really know the guy. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't have anything to say about this. I mean, and, and then he just like looks back and gives him this death look. Oh yeah, of like, whoa, dude, this is mm. anyway. The story doesn't end there, and I'm going to leave it at that. But I will say this much. That movie came out in 2007. All this stuff happened in, like, 05, 06, somewhere yep. around in there. So we're talking 13, 13, 12, 13 years later. Okay. Yeah. It went back and forth for a while. Weeby got it, then Mitchell got it, then Weeby got it, yep. then Mitchell got it. Kept going but back and then forth. then there's another dude that came on the scene shortly after that who was, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, and I couldn't find it when I just did a quick search there, but he was a... He is a, a plastic surgeon, and he decimated both of them. Their scores. I mean, just I mean, he he. And then there was another guy that came up that they the two of them kind of went back and forth for a little bit, and I'm not even sure who's sitting up there on that one. Anyway, I'm twin galaxy. Yeah, twin, twin galaxies. galaxies. In the meantime, uh, Walter Day does not have any affiliation with them any longer. Like they were bought out, the website and everything. Like he's basically just. He doesn't run it any longer. A lot of what happened in this, some of the people who had been with the with Twin Galaxies, well, the nerd that went over broke in his house, yeah, quit. had had stepped down or were let go. One of the two. So it goes on and on, and you get all this kind of stuff, and, and blah blah blah. Fast forward to last year. Was it last year or the year before last? I can't remember. If it, hold on, let me look this. Yeah, this is important. Okay. Um, I know okay, we, here it is. On Feb, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia. On February the 2nd, 2018, so this was last year, about a year and a half ago, Twin Galaxies member Jerry Young filed a complaint regarding several of Billy Mitchell's records. The validity of Mitchell's August 7th, 2010 high score said at Boomer's Grand Prix Arcade could not be determined. Um... The referee who allegedly witnessed and certified the record was gamer Todd Rogers, who we don't see in this documentary. But he's in the other one. He's in the other one quite a bit, and he's he's like one of the big names. Like he was on he was in that that um, um, Time magazine that, thing? or the, the Life magazine. Uh, Life like a, Life magazine. Um, sorry. So. Uh, but uh, it says here that Todd Rogers was himself exposed as having fabricated scores earlier in 2018. On April the 12th, Twin Galaxies announced that, Mit- that Millie Mitchell had used emulation software to achieve the Donkey oh, Kong the, high score. the MIME, uh, M-I-M-E, 
Mame. Mame. Mame, yeah. Yeah. Um, had used uh, emulation software to achieve the Donkey Kong high score rather than an arcade machine. And this is banned because it allows players to cheat in undetectable ways. Uh, Mitchell was stripped of his records and banned from submitting further scores, and Weeby was recognized as the first person to score over a million points. So that, that, re- that videotape that we saw, yeah. completely thrown out because of this. Well, he lost, Billy Mitchell basically lost all of his titles. Yes, he, he did. He had to vacate yeah, everything. And that's what, there's, there's this little drop line he in was, the movie. He was banned for life from Twin Galaxies. There is, um, oh wow, check this out. It says, the footage obtained from the King of Kong DVD special features was cited by the investigative committee and their findings as having been instrumental in exposing Mitchell. So years later, this documentary yeah. had some, okay. So uh, what was I saying? Um, Oh, there's a dropped line in this movie, like in the middle of it, when the fun yeah. stop, or, you know, fun spot, you know, in Connecticut. One of the other guys, like the small guy, uh, the the um, uh, lesser characters that we see a couple of times, is talking to the camera, yeah. and he says, he says, uh, Steve Weeby, this was the last of Billy Mitchell's records. Steve Weeby took the rest of them away, so he took away his Donkey Kong Jr. and his um, um, Dig Dug. Yeah, records that Mitchell had. Steve Weeby had beaten both of them. Yeah, prior to that. So it was one of those things where it was like this wasn't just a Donkey Kong thing. This was Billy Mitchell's last attempt to hold on to something. You know, yeah. to, to and uh, anyway, all of that stuff. He basically took all of his glory away. Absolutely, you know. And they should have had now. A- he's now he's been found out as being a fraud, uh, a cheat. You know? Yeah, and and kind of found out to be what we kind of suspected him to be to begin with okay let's talk about one other thing before we before we close this thing out i want to talk about the music in this thing i have the uh soundtrack i bought it like around the time that the, whenever it came this came out you know yeah um i think it was actually the next year when actually the, the dvd came out because i acted that I was like really i really got to listen to a lot of the music and the soundtrack, it's got, you know, of course it's got a lot of 80s music. You get like Eye of the Tiger is on the oh, soundtrack yeah. and um, uh, Obsession. Yeah. You know, I look, oh, is it, who is it that did that song? You would know it. It was, you know, and some stuff like that. But what's really cool is that it's got all the piano music that you hear throughout the movie. Like there's well, all this all like Steve instrumental. Weeby. It's all Steve Weeby. And those, those are fully on like the full songs. Really? All of those are on there. As well as there's some stuff by a guy named... Uh, was it one name? of his bandmates or something? No, it's a it's a guy that that worked with. Um, oh, what's his doesn't name? have any of the Walter he Day did. music on it. It does. does. It? It's got that song that he the, the song that he sings. <laughs> yeah, the three lies. Yeah. That's on there. That's on there. That's hysterical. Yeah, uh, and um, oh, what was the guy's name? Craig Ritchie. Craig Ritchie did some of, some original music for it. It also has. Do you remember the in the middle of it where it is that guy that's singing the song about like Billy Mitchell uh, about the the Pac Man? Yeah, that entire song is on there also. Oh, no, no, it's great, dude. I'm telling you, it's awesome. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that the, the, there's three pieces. There's three piano pieces that are on this. Yeah. Oh, it's something you might interest. Actually, the full, um, the drum stuff is, that Weeby does. Yeah. That full thing is on there. 
Really? Yeah, they, they record it, and they're like, can, can we... He's like, yeah, you can put it on there. It's fine. So all of his drum solo that he does in there where he's doing all the... You know, playing on his son's drum kit. Yeah. Which, that, that It's like which six playing, minutes. Which playing on a, a quarter-sized kid's drum kit and doing the stuff he was doing it's yeah. like okay yeah no he's he's a really good drummer you know he's a but the anyways the three the three pieces of music the piano music's on there all are wonderful i mean just wonderful and uh i would highly suggest picking up the soundtrack for this because you'll get like i said you'll get to that 80s stuff oh uh you're the best is on there also oh nice <laughs> yeah, from the karate kid is uh joe joe esposito esposito is the guy that song's on there nice um i know this is nerdy okay <laughs> <laughs> i that's no that's an understatement is nerdy no, but, the, the document the documentary is really fun to watch, and it, it's really interesting because it's one of those things that, like, however but, true oh, it is, okay. Th- this is there are some characters on this documentary that are straight out of Revenge of the Nerds. Brian Brian Koo, the guy that we meet at Fun Spot, that's like <sighs> Billy Mitchell's little, you know, little like protege. You know, it's like. What's really funny, if you know, and I didn't notice it until I listened to the, um, if I was watching with the director's commentary. Yeah. If you'll notice the shirt that he's wearing, he legit just took that out of the package. It still has the creases down the front. It's a button-up, like, you know, <laughs> collared shirt. It still has the creases down the front where he, like, legitimately, like, took it out of the package, took all the stuff off of it, and then put it on. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> but there's, that guy is just yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, he's a, you know, he's he's legit like on the phone with Billy Mitchell, like giving him play by play on everything yeah. the entire time. Um, Dolores is the other one though. I loved her. Yeah, and unfortunately, she passed. She was this eighty yeah, year old woman that. who was um, um, uh, Hubert Cubert, or she was going for the Cubert. Um, no, she she held she, the. I think yeah, she did, didn't it? She right. held the title for Cubert there for a while. Yeah, but she passed before the movie was released. Yeah, and uh, but she was kind of she was a lot of fun, uh, even just the small amount of time now, that she was on. Talking about talking about Billy Mitchell mm-hmm. and you know how the movie made him look like a jerk, and, right? Steve Sanders is talking about you know all the stuff he does with Make a Wish and all yep, the charities exactly. and all that. Um, in the movie, it does show him showing up at Dolores's house with a new console for right. her to practice. Right, on. right. And he's like, you know, friends help friends. Right. Yeah. And I get. Yeah. Like I said, we don't know what the full range of yeah. what what's true and what's not in this. Okay. Yeah. I always love to hear people who are on like reality television shows or something who come off as like the bad guy, you know, and it, and then later they're like, oh, well, you know, they just edit it that way. It's like, I'm sorry, they can only use what you give them. Yeah. That, that there's no, now it may not be 100% true, but it's true enough that, well, you know, it's, I'll, I'll say this <laughs> because I've done some video editing, right? It's really, you easy. can, you can edit stuff. It, it's yeah. really easy to catch somebody in a bad moment mm-hmm. and take that and edit it in such a way that you can make them the worst person on the face of the planet. Fair enough. You you can I, do it with audio too. I agree. And like I said, that that whole drop with him saying, "Well, there's some people that I don't want." You never see him say that on camera. It yeah. comes from off. It comes so it's from one of those things where, it, like, camera. he may have said that, but, but it might not have been about Steve Weeby. Yeah. We don't know what kind of interaction they had. Like you know, because he walks in, Weeby's playing the game. He may have been like, look, I'm not going to bother him while he's playing the game. I'll come back over when he's done with this game or whatever. Any number of things could have have happened, okay? Uh, But it is, 
I have many times said that the way Billy Mitchell is presented in this, you could not write a better villain. No, you ever. really couldn't. Hollywood could not come up with a better villain. Now, what's funny is... You or remember, better villain hair. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is the... Uh, you remember that movie Pixels? Yeah. Okay. Um, what's his name? Um, Peter Dinklage? Yes. Is basically playing Billy Mitchell in that movie. <laughs> okay. Because um, he's got the mullet and, yes. the, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, but that's they basically modeled that character off of Billy Mitchell. There, love Peter Dinklage. I, yeah, yeah. Love that. There, guy. There's several things like that that this movie has actually influenced some other stuff around. There have been after this one, especially there have been a lot of documentaries about uh, classic video games and yeah. stuff like that. And I highly recommend going and finding Chasing Ghosts. Uh, it's it was on Netflix for a long time, but it's not any longer. And I think you might be able to buy it on Amazon or rent it on Amazon or something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, I have been looking forever for a DVD copy of it and have not found one yet. Okay. Um, I have a digital copy <clears throat> of it somewhere. I'll have to find it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm it's gonna, on my compu- my other computer. I'm gonna need to borrow yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and it is. It's a great companion piece. There is a really good documentary called uh, The Ecstasy of Order, which is about Tetris. <sighs> which, God, I, do yourself a favor. That, I love that game, and I hate that game. Do yourself a favor. If you don't know the history of Tetris, go and look it up. Okay? There's a, okay, I'll tell you where to go. Go to YouTube. Yeah. And I'll put well I'll put this on our YouTube fa- page for anybody on our, our YouTube channel for anybody cuz it's on there. Um there was a when G4 was a thing. They had a, a show called um Icons. Yeah. And they did a whole episode. It's about 22 minutes long about Tetris. About Tetris. It is a fascinating story. Really? About It was it was literally the guy that that created it was working for the Soviet government in the mid eighties and he didn't own it. The Soviet government owned it, but a bootleg copy of it got out and there's all these twists and turns of people like selling the rights to something they didn't own <laughs> in different places around the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it gets really interesting anyways, but the ecstasy of order is really cool because it actually, you remember, uh, you remember the movie, um, uh, the wizard, yeah, you know, which is basically a big, hey, let's promote Super Mario Brothers three. You know, this is a big, big Nintendo yeah. thing. Well, that whole world championship was a real thing that that Nintendo did back in the late eighties. Yeah, I kind of remember. Okay, that. well, there's actual on in the Ecstasy of Order. There's actually uh, video of the finals and the guy really? that won it, and they talk to the guys. It's Thor, I forget what his last name is, but the guy who actually won it, and they catch up with him later, and they talk about you know all different stuff. It's a great documentary. There's a bunch of those. There's one of them about uh, about all those uh, uh, ET cartridges that were buried in New Mexico. And oh yeah, there, yeah there's yeah. A, there's a doc about that. Uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them about just different games. There's one of them. It's called um, oh, it's it's about um, Snake. The, not snake, oh, but oh, uh, oh. Uh, not snake. What's it called? Oh shoot, I can't remember. It's on. It, it's on. On Netflix. You're talking I about know. the game that was like on the Nokia. No, 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 cell no. Phones. This was. This was a. Uh, it was. It's called. I, of course, now. Of course, I didn't do the what I needed to do for this. But no, not that. Not that game. But something similar. Yeah, okay. Okay. That. Um, 
that there's a great documentary about that. Um, I don't know. I'll, 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 in our supplemental stuff, he's um, going to build a list. I am going to build a list on YouTube because we have a YouTube channel now. And I, I've put some playlists for, you know, past episodes on there. So but go check it out. It's called the King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. It's an easy watch. It's a real easy. And, and it keeps you interested. Even if you don't like Donkey Kong or, or you're like, Oh, these guys are so nerdy. Just, it, the intrigue, the intrigue, <laughs> the intrigue and is just the, amazing. The spycraft, and just and the, wait until you meet Mister Awesome. That's all you have oh, to do, man. No, good <laughs> lord, this guy. He is such a cartoon character. <laughs> no, he's he's not even a cartoon character. This this guy, oh. uh, he's almost like a real life version of Cobra Commander. Of <laughs> like, he wants to be evil, but he's just not. He, he, he's like. I'm trying to think of the perfect way to... It, it was like if WWE had put out a 70s... Oh, it's it's oh, it's oh so glorious, man. Uh, it's just... It is. Mr. Awesome and the Awesome Mobile. And <laughs> oh, this, this guy is a piece of work. He, he really he, is, but it's a lot of fun. He's the kind of human that you'd enjoy walking up to going, Hello? And it just slapping him in the face. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Um, if you like this, let us know. If you don't like this, let us know. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we're taking suggestions. I mean, we, we have a whole bunch of things that are in the pipeline, but we, you know, we want to know what you guys are interested in. Yeah. Um, because you know, even if it's something that maybe we don't know a whole lot about, we can it, do the research on it, which is always fun. I always love learning about new things. It introduces to something we don't know exactly, about. Exactly. And that's exactly. not going to be hard to do because I'm a big dummy. <laughs> so I am pretty well-rounded when it comes to um, pop culture. Okay. I, I admit I'm, I lean more heavily towards music. Well, yeah. I mean, so, and uh, movies. And, you know, and the thing is, is our music episodes have done well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and we, we've got more of those coming. That's that. That's without a doubt. We we both are big into music, and it's fun to to revisit a lot of that stuff. But anyway, yeah. get in touch with us at. Um, you can go to uh, projectxpod at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh, you can get Dave at uh, on Twitter. At oh yeah, on, on Twitter we're our big day. Are we are uh, project X pod project X pod at project X pod. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter for me, it's big dave x pod. There you go. Um, we've got a Facebook page, a Facebook which page, is Project which we got X. A pretty good community going podcast. There. Yeah, come come over and hang out with the rest of the geeks. Exactly. With us. Uh, we've got an Instagram. We just haven't figured out how to use it yet. Uh, we do. Like I said we've got a YouTube channel now. Yeah. And which is Project X Pod, um, and that I like. I said I've put some playlists up for um, for our music. As the, well as some the, movie stuff, yeah. Uh, it's just it's, it's it's a lot of supplemental, as well as probably by the time this actually airs, I will have will have some Other actual stuff. created like some original videos of us talking about different things. Yeah, uh, you like again supplemental, uh, and so you can you can uh, go subscribe there, check out you know what we've got up. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are. We're on Stitcher. We're on Tuned In Radio. Yes, we're on. Uh, Google Play. Google Play. Um, have we done Spotify yet? We're still waiting. I mean, maybe by the time this goes up, we'll be on Spotify, but, okay. we're, but we're still waiting to hear from them. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, anywhere you want to go, we're there. We might all look into Pandora too, maybe. It could be. Yeah. never know. Anyways, I am Alan Smith. I am Big Dave. And we will see you next time. Next time. See you. <laughs>